0: Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to The Ringer Podcast Network. The Ringer's got a brand new show out now about NFL player Cam Newton called The Cam Chronicles. We'll be releasing new episodes every Monday for the next six weeks, but you can binge all six episodes right now for free on Spotify. Here's a quick trailer. From The Ringer, I'm Tyler R. host of a new podcast series, The Cam Chronicles. NFL star Cam Newton has always been a complex figure. Over the past year, I've traveled the country speaking to coaches and teammates, friends and family, and even briefly to the man himself, trying to unravel the enigma that is Cam Newton. The Ringer NFL Show presents Cam Chronicles. Listen to the full series now
1: on Spotify.
0: Hello and welcome to the 12th episode of Baseball Barbecue. I am Jake Mintz. That is Jordan Schusterman. We have been friends for a long time. And that friendship, Jordan, continues today.
2: It does. Here on this podcast, as the Major League Baseball season uh, approaches, we are going to be previewing all 15 National League teams. Now, before you go anywhere, you might be like, well, I don't care about all 15 National League teams. Well, you're in luck We have divvied up the amount of time we are actually going to spend on each team based roughly on the fangraph's projected postseason odds so that we are giving more time, we are devoting more time to the teams like the Dodgers and the Braves and the Nationals than we are the Marlins, Pirates, and Rockies. But everyone will get mentioned. We will talk about every team.
0: All right. We have put all of the National League teams into three tiers of Manny. The best teams are the Manny Ramirez tier the middle teams, the Manny Machado tier. There's a take. And the bad teams in the Manny Benuelos tier. Sorry, Manny Benuelos. That's just just life. That's just (laughs) life, man. All right, Jordan. And those teams in the lowest tier, they're going to get two minutes each. Every team, we're going to talk about three things. Number one, why you should give a crap about this team. Number two, their best case scenario. And number three, their worst case scenario. We should say for worst case scenario, we are talking about on the field. Obviously, we're playing baseball during a pandemic is nuts. And there are a lot of other worst case scenarios that are very, well, I, I, I will say uh, intense. If you want to hear us talk about that, we did it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're going to focus on the field right here. So Jordan, two minutes on the clock for yes. me.
2: Yes. Two minutes on the clock for the... Miami, Marlins, Jake Mintz. Why should anyone give a shit about the Miami Marlins this year?
0: Now, the Miami Marlins are not going to be that much better than they were last year. However, they are going to be a lot more fun if we're talking Delta F, which is Delta Fun, the amount of change year to year and how fun a team is. The Marlins are at the top of that list. Jordan, Jonathan VR, always good on bad teams. Mm. Jesus Aguilar, as just a good, big, chunky slugger. Isan Diaz is bad, Robinson Cano. Monty Harrison could be, like, maybe the best player in baseball, 0.001%. Basically, this team is going to swing hard, run fast, strike out a shit ton. And, like, of all of the empty stadiums I'm excited to watch baseball in, Marlins Park is towards the top because the sound in there is Mm. so aquatic center echo that it's going to be incredibly bizarre.
2: And realistically... Won't be that different from normal games. Uh, what is the best case scenario for the Marlins? What does a successful 2020 Marlins season look like? Dontro Willis comes out of retirement, mm-hmm.
0: completes a comeback, and throws 150 scoreless innings for the Marlins. No, the actual best case scenario for the Marlins is like all of the pitchers whose names like we don't know are better than we think. And like maybe they win 32 games and sneak in but they're playing in the ALNL East group, which is like too good. So no chance. Best case scenario, friend of the pod, Sterling Sharp, Sterling Sharp is good. The worst case scenario is that friend of the pod, Sterling Sharp is bad. Mm. And the fish tank breaks, which is something I've thought about for a long time. They have the fish tank behind on plate that cracks. All the fish fall out onto the field during a game. And it's just a total mess. Uh, And the other worst case scenario is that they win single-digit baseball games.
2: That is very much on the table. But I think that they are going to be noticeably better than last year. I know you can't predict anything in this game, but that is the last thing I will say about the Miami Marlins. Oh, two minutes. You have no more words about the Marlins. I'm cutting you off right here. Jake Mintz, we are going to move on to the next team. Uh, Producer Bobby Wagner, give us two minutes on the clock for the Pirates of Pittsburgh. Now, this, Jake Mintz was probably the team that I struggled with the most in terms of trying to decide why should a neutral fan, a non-Pirates fan, care about the Pirates. But the reality is, is that in a 60-game season, anything can happen. And this team is not bad enough to be a complete pushover. And there are going to be teams fighting in the NL Central, AL Central that are gonna have to play the Pirates. And you're not gonna be like, oh hell yeah, we get to play the Pirates. It's gonna be like, oh no, like You know, Trevor Williams is like on on a streak right now and he's looking really good. And this is not gonna be as easy as we thought. And they're just gonna be in the way. I think
0: I think you are Very wrong, but continue.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, what's the best case scenario for the Pirates? Jake thinks the worst case scenario is definite. Best case scenario, Chris Archer somehow rebounds to the point where their exercise is option for next year, and then they can can trade him because that has been a complete disaster. Uh, Josh Bell, he's the real deal. He looks like an all-star like he did last year. Brian Reynolds, super underrated. He continues to be awesome. Cole Tucker is not only super fun, but also a good major league player. Maybe that happens this year. And then I think the other big one is Mitch Keller has to actually look like a super good.
0: player, yeah. which he I could. Think, he, he could. I think the best case scenario for the Pirates is that the uh, Chris Archer trade gets overturned like the Chris Paul Lakers trade but two, two years, years after the fact. Yeah. And they get all those players back.
2: Yeah, that seems uh, unlikely. But now, worst case scenario is that they're so bad to the point where, look, the fans are already not happy with the Pirates and Pirates ownership, but that they're so bad and there's they're not getting any signs of hope that next year they are sl- like last in attendance and it's just complete revolt and it's total disaster for them.
0: Bro, the no, worst so. case scenario is that the Blue Jays play the games their games in PNC Park and they win the World Series in PNC Park.
2: Yeah, that would be incredible. <laughs> I will also say that like Every possible thing went wrong for the Pirates last year, uh, including, you know, their closer getting arrested, fighting with the Reds, like they just, it was uh, injuries fighting within their own team. Everything went wrong. Can't be worse than last year. I think the Pirates will be fine. Okay, time's up. Oh my God. We're Jordan, done talking if about there's, the Pirates. I'm sorry.
0: Jordan, if there's one thing I know about 2020 saying it can't be worse than last year <laughs> is a
2: absolute fool's move. Big facts, big facts. All right, well, let's move on. Let's move on.
0: Like Barry Bonds, Jordan, we are going to leave the Pittsburgh Pirates and we are going to travel west. Two minutes on the clock, the San Francisco baseball giants. You should give a shit about them because they could be the most boring baseball team in recent memory. I understand, friends, countrymen, that such a statement is reason to not watch this team. But I'm going to argue that they are going to be so anonymous that they are entertaining. The boringness is interesting. It is somehow dystopian, right? There is something weird and fun about watching a bunch of people you've never heard of play baseball in the same uniform as Barry Bonds on television. That's crazy.
2: That is crazy. This is, of course, the first Giants season. We will not have Madison Bumgarner or Buster Posey, but Pablo Sandoval is still around, which is good. But what is the best case scenario? I mean, again, they're so far away from competing, especially in that division. What can go right here? Uh, So basically
0: the best case scenario from a watchability perspective Mm -hmm. is that Johnny Cueto comes back from TJ and is the real deal again. Cueto has a chance to move into fourth all time in wins above replacement for Dominican pitchers, which is crazy. I believe he's the fourth best Dominican pitcher ever behind uh, Pedro Martinez, Juan Marichal and Bartolo Colon. So this dude is the real deal and he's on the Giants and he'll be fun. Best case scenario, also, some random player Bobby has never heard of, producer Bobby, uh, that that player is good enough that Bobby has to hear about him.
2: They need another Mike Yastrzemski. They need another Mike Yastrzemski. It can't just be more Mike Yastrzemski. It needs to be a different one.
0: An annual Mike Yastrzemski. And then the worst case scenario, Jordan, is they keep Joey Bart in the minors or the fake minors for service time bullshit. And their interchangeable lineup of white guys named Brandon gets even less memorable. And... Yeah, I, I think this team's watchable because there's not much there. I think it's like, who's on the Giants? It's but like a your, fun
2: surprise. But all your points are are extra crazy because it's the Giants and they won three World Series in five years. Okay. Two minutes. We're done with the Giants of San Francisco. Let us move on to the final team in our Manny Benuelos tier. Another National League West team and maybe this is disrespectful to put them in this tier maybe they should be in the middle in a crazy season but let's talk about the colorado rockies two minutes on the clock for the colorado rockies now i mentioned oh pittsburgh you know if you have to go play pittsburgh it's going to be in the way course field is going to be everyone's worst nightmare in a short season where all the pitchers are barely going to be able to go five and six innings you have bullpens being taxed course field is going to fuck some shit up during this season, without a doubt. No matter what you think of how good the Rockies are, teams are going to have to go play there. Not just any teams, teams in the American League West are going to have to go play there more than normal, and that is going to suck for them.
0: Circling like, the Joey Gallo in Coors Field <laughs> yes, series right yes. now.
2: So that is that is a, a, a good one. Uh, but the, the best case scenario for them is, and this is what's frustrating about the Rockies, they do have so many fun young hitters. Even in Colorado, if you would, judge for Colorado, we love David Dahl. We love Ryan Tapia. We love Ryan McMahon. I love Sam Hilliard. Like, Ar- Arnato and Story are amazing. Like, they have so many hitters that should be putting up crazy numbers. If they all get hot at the same time, maybe they're just winning games 10 to 8. Kyle Freeland used to be good. Maybe he finds it again. Herman Marquez maybe could be good. Fine. But, like, even all, if all those things go right, they're probably barely in the mix because ultimately, the Rockies are just the Rockies and. Every day, every day that goes by, I'm more shocked that they made it happen in 2018. And when I would say the, what I would say the worst case scenario is, is that Nolan Arenado is so mad at how bad they are that he demands a trade during the pandemic.
0: That is 100% a worst case scenario. Because we know that relationship is not good yeah. right now. Uh, and he's also the answer to the most watchable thing, like why you should give a shit about the Rockies. Yeah. Is even sure. when the Rockies are have been bad, They always have a couple dudes who are worth watching. And that's still a thing between Story and Arenado and definitely Rymel Tapia, who is a huge, bizarre baseball player.
2: But that's the thing. It's just, I just think Coors Field is going to loom large on every team's schedule, especially fewer off days. And suddenly you're going into Colorado for a few games. That is going to suck for teams that are really trying to be good. But hey, it's the Rockies. Anything can happen. Two minutes. Boom. Dang. That was a buzzer, beater. All right. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here, and we will be back with the Manny Machado tier. He's just okay, just like these teams. are moving up a level into the Manny Machado tier this is the the middle tier and in a 60 game season where anything can happen this is a crowded bunch there are a lot of teams that could legitimately consider themselves wild card uh, contenders or maybe even make a surprise one at the division so we're going to talk about those teams now
0: and I want to say no shade to Manny Machado Manny Machado like these teams very good um not hall of famer
2: yet not yet although or Manny Machado Manny Machado is represented in this tier with the San Diego Padres. But we are not going to begin with the Padres. We are going to begin in Arizona, in the desert, with the D-backs. Four minutes on the clock, Mr. Bobby Wagner, for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And let us begin. Why should you give a shit about the Arizona Diamondbacks? Because... They are now officially a good baseball team. There is no two ways about it. I do not think that they, this is the kind of team that I am so sure is not going to suck. Now, I am not. Hmm. Sure. I have no idea how good they're going to be, but I do not think they are going to suck. What is the best case scenario for the D- Jordan, D- uh,
0: one, second, yeah? one second, one second, yeah. one second. Are you telling people they should yeah. watch the Diamondbacks because they won't suck?
2: I'm saying that why, they're going- Why
0: would yeah. I watch the Diamondbacks instead of the Dodgers?
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. That's a different question. Okay, well, here, I'll give you an answer. They have two extremely electric players with the name Marte. The Marte Parte, which we got a little glimpse of last night. Starling Marte, new acquisition. Cattell Marte, breakout MVP candidate, are both on this team. And I think they could power this team to a best case scenario of hosting the National League wildcard game. I really do believe this. I think this team has more than enough Uh, on both sides of the ball to be a legitimately good team the problem is the dodgers the dodgers are the problem for any team in this league but i'm not going to let that you know deter my optimism for the arizona Diamondbacks.
0: i love both sides of the ball for baseball commentary Mm -hmm. i think it is so funny this team they've got linebackers they've got wideouts
2: Here's the other thing. The both sides of the ball, I mean, it barely makes sense in any sport, but we say it anyway. That's true. That's we do say it anyway. So, um, I look, they got Madison Baumgartner. That's great. I love that Madison Baumgartner is there. Madison Baumgartner, even if we think he's declining and not what he used to be, he's still good. I still would love to have him facing the Dodgers. Um, they have Robbie Ray, who appears to be breaking out in a way that maybe is like... Holy shit, Robbie Ray, the way that he was a couple years ago when he was an all-star. And I just think that they have a lot of good offensive players. We mentioned Marte, um, both Martes, and they have Tim LaCastro. And what more do you need when you have Tim LaCastro?
0: Well, I want to talk about Tim LaCastro for a second. Tim LaCastro, people may not know this, is actually the fastest player in baseball by StatCast. And in a season where speed is actually going to matter in the later innings a lot, where you have the runner on second... I think we're going to see a lot of Tim LaCastro trying wild base running crap. And I think that, like, if a Diamondbacks game is tied in the ninth, Tim LaCastro on his own is a reason to tune in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing, and look, Archie Bradley, one of the most enjoyable people to watch he's finally going to be the closer which is going to be uh very fun to watch um but like i just i just i see too many good things going on in this team to assume they're going to be bad you failed Uh,
0: to mention like entertaining diamondbacks at the end of the game tim lacastro and then archie bradley who admitted to have once pooped himself on the mound a reason to watch him you know you never know what shit's gonna happen Because,
2: because at the very least like if we're talking about players that might shit themselves on the mound like I mean, we I have, have precedent to think Archie Bradley. We have precedent, which we don't have for every other player. Now, in terms of worst case scenario,
0: when you're predicting baseball, you only yeah. for projections, you only have the pass to go on. And so right. that's Archie Bradley.
2: Worst case scenario for Arizona is that none of the good players actually like have an amazing season and they're just perfectly meh. And that would be unfortunate. And the other thing that's very much at risk here is Madison Bumgarner allowing a home run to Max Muncie that lands in the pool in Arizona and Max Muncy telling him to go get it out of the ocean, even though it's a pool. That would suck. Oh my God. (laughs) That would be,
0: that would be amazing. I also think that Arizona, they're one of the teams along with the Florida teams where they might have to relocate at Mm -hmm. some point. If the virus continues to worsen in their respective locations, that's
2: it. That's it. Four minutes, four minutes for Arizona. Let's move on. Jake to a team that I know a lot of people are going to be thinking about this season. This is a team that it's hard, like there are some of these teams we've talked about so far. It's going to be pretty easy to ignore them if you so choose, but it will not be easy to ignore the Philadelphia Phillies. Four minutes on the clock for the Phillies.
0: The reason that you should care about the Phillies is a question, Jordan. It is a leading question. It is a spicy question, but I'm going to ask it. Is Bryce Harper going to spend the next 11 years playing for a non-competitive baseball team, right? Bryce Harper, who for so long has been the next great hope, well, next is now. And he is committed now to staying in Philly for after this season, it'll be 11 years. And whereas we thought this rebuild was coming to its beautiful conclusion, it doesn't seem to be going that way. And is that all Bryce Harper's gonna be? I I am worried.
2: Yeah, I mean in terms of the immediate future you're right because it does feel like there is sort of a window right here with Real Muto potentially being a free agent. Real Muto, I mean he's an important awesome baseball player, also Bryce Harper's favorite baseball player. He admitted to wearing J.T. Real Muto's jersey under his jersey for a bunch of games last year. Like he he during practices he's like yelling up at the front office to re-sign him. Like he loves J.T. Real Muto. If he loses him, that's not good. That's not good.
0: Well, I Bryce Harper is such a weird dude. I just want to get to say that like yeah. I love him, love watching him play, but I I think like cuz we have been we were promised like Bryce Harper this game-changing thing. And I believe that he has been that. Like he has been as electric and as compelling as we've were we expected him to be. But, you know, with him leaving DC and then winning the next year, and no clear, obvious path here in Philly now. Like I'm I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. Now, best case scenario is, is Joe Girardi fixes and saw. You and I have talked a lot about baseball managers and how difficult it is to quantify which baseball managers are good and which ones are bad. And to know which ones are good, you just have to have a feeling or a vibe or a track record. Joe Girardi, I am 100% sure, is a good manager. And so I am weirdly optimistic, actually, despite everything I just said about the Phillies because of Joe Girardi.
2: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And it's not like we talk about, oh, well, you know, you, you rebuild, you're bad for a few years, you have some high draft picks and then you bolster it with veterans. Like, they've done that. They just spent a ton of money on Zach Wheeler. They got DD, who's there too, which is going to be, that's a great addition to have. Andrew McCutcheon, Who one of the most tragic losses of the 2019 season was his extremely stupid base running injury. That sucked.
0: I also think Andrew McCutcheon has reached a level in his career like that. I think Cece had it towards the end too, where it's like he doesn't give a fuck what people think and he's just gonna have a lot of fun. And And so I think he's still really good. And I think he's gonna like be very compelling and fun to watch this year.
1: It's not that they
2: don't have enough good baseball players to be good. It's just I'm not convinced it's it's and and at that point at this point for their team we should be convinced we should be like here come the Phillies and and we're not that way
0: right for that to happen you know it Bryce Harper is going to need to be 2015 world beating Bryce Harper which I think he can be I think it's in the tank for sure and if anybody's going to be able to put these pieces together I do think it's Joe Girardi I do have faith in him especially like the difference between Kapler and him where Kapler was just like Okay, like, I'll manage. Like, let's figure this out. Whereas Girardi knows exactly what he's doing. Now, you know, the worst case scenario is that the rebuild fails. Like, everyone takes a step back and Bryce Harper is doomed to not be in the playoffs for the rest of his career. Will I think that will happen? No. I think this team will be better than we expect and still not make the postseason this season.
2: Well said. All right. Well, I'm sure... Phillies fans uh, consider that more than enough uh, discussion. That was
0: big ominous. That was like, I I know I'm going over. That was more pessimistic than I actually am about the Phillies, but I (laughs) felt necessary. I think they're
2: good enough to maybe win, but I don't think it's going to happen. Who is next in the Manny Machado tier? Four minutes on the clock for a team that I know as someone who went to college in St. Louis. You have some thoughts about the St. Louis Cardinals. So let us begin, Jake Mintz. Why should we all care about the St. Louis Cardinals? Because the fans, they tell us we should care about the Cardinals.
0: Well, no. The reason to care about the St. Louis Cardinals is that this could be the last time we see Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright playing for the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, what comes to mind, Jordan, is the scene at the end of Anchorman where Vince Vaughn is holding the ladder and he says to Ron Burgundy, I hate you. But god damn it, do I respect you. And that is how I feel about Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina as Cardinals. Like Yadi especially, like I don't I don't really think I ever harbored any dislike for Yadi even when the Cardinals were at the peak of their blondness. Like him as a Cardinal is as iconic of a like team player combo as we've had in the last, you know, couple decades. And like this could be it. And I think it's super worth watching the end of that.
2: Uh, in St. Louis. And in the same way that I mentioned earlier with the Giants, you know, the the Bumgarner-Posey era now over, that ended with, you know, a fart with the Giants sucking and and everything about them being irrelevant. Whereas the Cardinals are still good enough to where they could kind of go out in this awesome, really cool way. Uh, And the fact that Adam Wainwright especially is still going is truly remarkable.
0: I also think, like, The Cardinals have had this vibe, especially when they were good, that they were both like infuriatingly good, evil, and like weirdly boring at the same time. Like they weren't having fun. Like they weren't watchable if you weren't a Cardinals fan, right? That's kind of changing. And I think it's worth caring about this team now because the younger players on this team are legitimately like exciting. They are exciting baseball players. I'm talking about Tyler O'Neal, who looks like Popeye. And, you know, hits dingers and is ripped out of his mind. I'm talking about Harrison Bader, who, you know, looks like a famous person slash.
2: Listen, he looks like a Paul brother.
0: He looks like Jake Paul and not Ron Paul or Rand Paul. We should be clear which Paul brother (laughs) he looks like. And then Tommy Edmond, like Tommy Edmund is the next great scrappy utility man in the Cardinals world. And of course, Jack Flaherty, like as electric as pitchers get so right like the cardinals for good reason have had like a kind of a uh, vibe around them for a while and i think that's going to change with some of these young fun players
2: yeah i think that's totally fair um i i'm not seeing you know like it's hard to look at this team and be like world series contender even with the good players that they have i still think worst case scenario they're falling pretty short. They get, they get crowded. It's a crowded National League Central. And we'll talk about the Reds here in a little bit, the Cubs. Like it might just be too crowded for them to actually break through. And they're just not a postseason team.
0: But, and the, the even I mean, more worst case scenario is that yeah. not only are they bad, but like the culture of the team falls apart mm-hmm. and Yachty leaves and like plays next season as the backup in Toronto or something. And like we have to look at his BREF page as, the way that we look at Frank Thomas's tenure in like Oakland, right? Where it's like, oh man, like that. Damn it. We right? didn't
2: want that. It's so it's so clean and beautiful right now that uh that I don't want to get and, and and by the way, Yachty already on the record saying, like, yeah, I'm going to free agency. Um, still hard to believe he's gonna play in another uniform, but it's very possible. Also, this team, people
0: forget. They were in the NLCS last year. People might forget this because they didn't actually show up for any of the games. You may not have seen them on the field.
2: Truly uh, one of the most pitiful postseason series performances we've all ever time. seen. And I hope that they can bounce back from that and just show any more signs of life. I think that they will. Four minutes done over. No more Cardinals chat. Let us move on to our next team in the Manny Machado tier and how fitting it is because Manny Machado himself is in the Manny Machado tier. Jake Mintz, let's talk about the San Diego Padres.
0: Fernando Tatis Jr. um, Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis' son. Fernando Tatis Tatis Jr.
2: Jr. That
0: is why you should care about this team. Uh, he is what we want baseball players to be. He embodies it all. He looks like the real deal. Six, four handsome, wiry, quick, you know, just moves gracefully. He smiles all the time. He says interesting stuff during the MLB, the show uh, players tournament. He was like probably the most entertaining guy by a mile. And like, he is, he's it, man. Like, Fernando Tatis Jr. is the guy who could be a crossover baseball star I to, in a way that we haven't had in a long time. Now, it's a bummer that he's in San Diego, which is one of the lower markets. But like, I'm not saying he's Griffey. I, I want to be clear. But like, Griffey did it in Seattle, right? So you can do it in a different, the second tier, you know, not a huge market place. And I think Tatis is the hope. He is that guy. Another reason to care about them, Jordan, is that they are bringing back the poop and pee uniforms. Yes. The yellow and brown yes. coming home to San Diego.
2: Yes. And I think everyone has been has been begging for these to make a return. Uh, and I think it almost feels like they were waiting to have enough cool baseball players to model these uniforms. 100%. Right. Because for a long time, I mean, we, we were just talking about how boring the Giants are. I mean, the Padres were just... Adrian Gonzalez and a bunch of guys, and now not just Tatis. The fact that Tatis is more exciting than Manny Machado, who whether you can debate how actually good of a baseball player he is, of course he's really good. He's very good. Well, he's very good, but like still one of the most entertaining players in the league. Um, and the fact that Tatis has taken that from him, those two are such a dynamic duo and so fun to have. Literally for the next five years on the same team, that is such a luxury.
0: There was a while right where if you were asking a casual sports fan to name all thirty baseball teams they would forget the Padres, right? Like that was the 30th team they would name. And that's not the case anymore, both because they're going to move to the poop and pee uniforms and because they have players who are just going to show up in highlights all the time. Whether they win 36 games or they win 26 games, we're going to get a lot of Fernando Tatis Jr. doing really cool shit on the baseball field and doing cool shit that other players cannot do. You know, we talk about, oh, he changes the game. His base running, is unlike anything we've really seen.
2: I was going to say, we talk about Javi Baez also in this category. His slides are amazing. His his tags are amazing. You talk like, oh, whose tags would you think would be their own highlights? Tatis runs the bases like such a maniac and has the athleticism and, and, you know, acrobatics to do all kinds of wacky shit that like whenever he's on, I'm so excited to just watch. I'd rather have the camera on him than the hitter.
0: This team also has Tommy Pham now which i had forgotten about to be honest with you tommy fan who will literally say whatever the hell he wants which is always a fun quote um i don't know how good this team is (laughs) i think i think they're going to be extremely watchable like i will watch way more of their games than i have in years past however i don't know if they're going to make the postseason
2: quickly best case scenario 20 seconds left what's the best that this team can be the best is, like, 36 wins.
0: I mean, the best-case scenario is that Fernando Tatis Jr. wins the MVP right. and becomes a very famous baseball player. And they,
2: like, host a wild-card game or something.
0: And they host a wild-card game. And then, like, next year, like, he's on the cover of, you know, magazines, right. which don't exist anymore.
2: <laughs> and then worst-case scenario uh, is that they're just still the Padres and they're bad, no matter how many fun players they Well, have.
0: the worst-case scenario is that... Okay, we get it. The worst-case scenario is that... Uh, A.J. Preller, the general manager, does not survive his own of Yes, it's
2: Very possible. All right, let's move on to our next team in the Manny Machado tier. This team does not have Manny Machado. Mm. This team, I would say, is reaching uh, a hype sleeper status that has rarely been achieved. The Cincinnati Reds, four minutes on the clock for the Cincinnati Reds. Why should you give a shit about them? Tell well, me. At, at this point, you've probably been told by your favorite baseball expert that the Reds, The Reds, have you thought about the the Reds? Think about them. The Reds, just think about the Reds because for so long we were not thinking about the Reds, right? Joey Votto hasn't been in the postseason in many, many years. But here's the thing. You do have to think about the Reds. You really do have to think about the Reds. This team's really good. This team's really good to the point where I feel almost better about them than, like I feel better about them than the Cardinals pretty comfortably. I feel... For only better about them, definitely than the Brewers. We'll get to the Brewers here in a little bit. I don't like the Brewers very much. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I, I, do I just think they're just going to the division? Am I just picking the rest of the division? And honestly, I think I would. Oh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Reds, who went out and spent some non-Cincinnati Reds money, not, not not, what you would expect, signed Nick Castellanos, signed Mike Moustakis. And while those are not the players that you're like, yes, this is the greatest thing. It's not landing Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. First of all, in that ballpark, and second of all, when you're the Reds and you just need more good baseball players instead of non-good baseball players, you know that Nick Castellanos is going to be good. You know that he's going to be good in that ballpark. You know Mike Boustakis, who still slept on, I would say, is going to be good. And then at this point, the pitching is also pretty fucking awesome. Sonny Gray, who, of course, if Love you're it. a Yankees fan, you assume Sonny Gray is, was toast as soon as he left New York. You assumed he was out of the league. No, he was like one of the best pitchers in the National League last year with the Reds. I know
0: most Yankee fans have never heard of
2: Cincinnati as a place. <laughs> right. Right. I love Sonny Gray. Luis Castillo, one of the nastiest pitchers in the league. Trevor Bauer. I want to spend a second on Luis Castillo. Oh, yeah. Let's listen. because no, we,
0: by Statistically, last yeah. year, Luis Castillo's changeup was the greatest pitch of all time. It had a higher swing and miss rate than any, any pitch other pitch in the pitch tracking era, right? I just want to say that again to hammer that home. Most swings and misses of any pitch, any pitcher ever. Yeah. That's why has, you should care. That's why you should watch. Pitch. Watch a Luis Castillo start and like just watch guys try and hit the changeup.
2: Yeah, it is. It is amazing. Uh, Trevor Bauer, who they acquired last year, uh, was terrible when they got him. But like we've seen not Trevor good. Bauer be good. He was really terrible, but we've seen Trevor Bauer be good before. And he's at he's either way. He's a third starter, so they're not going to be relying on. him. Also, he's going to be a free agent this year at the he end of the gonna, season. He is going to be free this so year. Like, so
0: like I also I actually think it's like kind of important for him. We yeah. he said that he's only want to sign one year deals, which is like right. okay. Um <laughs> so it'll you know, how does he set himself up for that, who knows?
2: Uh this team also still employs Joseph Daniel Votto, one of the most delightful baseball players we've had in recent memory. And I know he's been maybe declining a little bit, but if there's anyone I trust to figure his shit out, it's Joey Votto <laughs> before anybody else. And now that they have uh, other really, really good hitters, like Eugenio Suarez, who hit 50 home runs last year. I don't care that the ball is juiced. He hit 50 home runs last year. Suarez, I mentioned Moose and Cassianos. It's not all about Joey Votto anymore. So I just need him to be good. I don't need him to be an MVP. And like Joey Votto, right? He's the guy who walks.
0: And when you don't have anyone hitting behind the guy who walks, he just stays on first base, <laughs> right. right? And that walk is cool and good, but it doesn't actually do anything having guys behind him now who are like borderline all-stars is a game changer for them. Jordan, what is the best case scenario for the Cincinnati
2: Reds? I think they win the division. I think they can totally, totally win the division. I know the bullpen is, "Mm, mm," besides Iglesias, we love Amir Garrett, uh, but I think they can do it. Worst case scenario, Amir Garrett charges the Pirates again. That would be bad for many reasons <laughs> uh, because it probably means that the Reds are in a bad mood. It probably means that uh, everyone's going to get suspended and they'd be obviously within six feet, which is not safe. And we don't like that. So hopefully wow. that doesn't happen. Good one. Four minutes on the Reds. There you go. Let us move on to another team in the National League Central. Mm. I'm very curious to see how you feel about this team. The Milwaukee Brew Crew. Tell me about the Brewers. Jake, four minutes on the clock.
0: Now, before I tell you why you should care about them, I do just want to remind everybody that the Milwaukee Brewers were one Juan Soto single away from playing the Dodgers. Like, the Nats won the World Series, but they almost didn't win the wildcard game, right? Like, Brewers are right there. And they they almost won the division, too. Like, this is a team who's two years removed from, you know, their 2018 season where they were, you know, the best, I think they had the number one overall seed. Right. Like they had the top record in the National League. Uh, The reason that you should watch this team is that this upcoming season is going to create so many opportunities for managerial weirdness. Right. And no team is better suited for that than the Brewers. We have seen their manager, Craig Council, do some bizarre shit in the postseason, most notably starting, uh, I believe it was Wade Miley for one pit, one batter. And then pulling him uh so that the Dodgers would start all, all their lefties. Like a lot of the pitchers on the Brewers are just gonna throw like three inning chunks, and then other pitchers are gonna throw three inning chunks. Expect some weird shit with pinch runners at the end of games. Like, no team is going to lean into and no team is built better for a shortened sprint of a season. Than the Brewers. Yeah.
2: In terms of who's leading the charge, I totally agree. And obviously they have the DH now, so it's not like we'll be having, you know, the double switch bonanzas. Right. But right, in terms of pinch running, in terms of managing pitchers, totally agree. I trust Craig Council more than anybody. And also, they have Christian Yelich, who is so fucking good. Like, do you we know how bad know that he, do
0: you know <laughs> how bad he's been in camp? Christian Yelich yeah. in camp has, I believe, five strikeouts and ten plate appearances. In the last week,
2: now that makes me feel even better about him.
0: Don't be worried; he's fine. I talked to some people who have been watching those games, and they're like, "It does look weird how bad he's been," but I, no one's actually worried. Christian Yelich is, you know, was better last season than he was when he won the MVP two years ago, uh, and is like a no doubt top three hitter that we have in baseball.
2: It's a good place to start when you're a baseball team with you know postseason aspirations, and also. I would say one of the total breakouts of last season and in the postseason, even in that wildcard game, which I believe he started, is Brandon Woodruff is amazing. Yeah. Brandon Woodruff is, I know you, oh, oh, you mean that reliever that hit the home run in the postseason in 2018? Yeah, no, that's the same guy. He like might be a top 20 starter in the National League now, and that is going to be very important because the rest of this rotation is uh, maybe not great.
0: The bullpen, though, is still very good. Josh Hader and his, uh, bad, bad, bad tweets, his evil tweets. They're still striking everybody out. Like Josh Hader could just not allow a run all season.
2: Yes. If we're talking about relievers that could have a zero ERA in a 60 game (laughs) season, you're obviously picking Josh Hader.
0: Um, and then the last guy I want to hammer home is Kesson Hira, who like could just hit 300 for the next decade. And like, that's it. Uh, best case scenario for them, Jordan they win the wild card game. I think that this team on the road in they, Washington, they're just like gonna be in the wild card game. I don't think that they, I think that's their best and worst case scenario. The best case scenario is they win the wild card game, and the worst case is they lose the wild card game. No team in baseball smells more like the wild card game than the Milwaukee Brewers.
2: The best case scenario is that Trent Grisham, who's not on the team anymore. Uh, this year's Trent Grisham in the wild card game, who I guess throws I out
0: know, throws out Trey Turner at home. <laughs>
2: obviously, Style Garcia has his glove a little bit more this way, uh, and throws out Trey Turner home. All right. Oh my God. There's the bell. Uh, all right, Jake Mintz, I'm Very excited uh, to welcome in our producer Bobby Wagner for this next team because mm. he is, as he declared very openly on the last episode of Baseball Barbecue, he is a Mets fan. Bobby Wagner.
0: Very brave welcome. of him to say that. Welcome I'll to the like
2: show. It.
1: It's not that brave, guys. We have a lot of Mets fans here at the Ringer. It's like one of our few downsides here.
2: That's a that's a great point. Uh, okay, there are, is so much to talk about the Mets, but the four minutes it has begun. Bobby Wagner, I will ask you, Mr. Mets fan, why should anyone give a shit about the Mets this year? I mean, we obviously do,
1: but why should anyone else? That's a good place to start. Jordan Schusterman, because I wrote down as my first point here, your guys' name is literally Cespedes Family Barbecue. So if people are still listening this far into the podcast or are using this as their preseason preview, they probably care a little bit at least about Ioannis Cespedes, I would say. Do you guys agree?
2: i hundred percent. And I he's care. playing this year, which is great. Like we've been watching him play baseball.
1: Obviously, in all seriousness, it's really fascinating to see if he can be good. I know we talked about it last pod, but he probably will get paid if he has another good season. And so, I don't know, we don't see guys get paid when they're 35 anymore, really, but he's kind of a a special case because Universal DH will probably be a thing or he'll go back to the AL or... I don't really know. So that's at least one reason to care about the New York Mets. Obviously, there are a ton of reasons otherwise because they're actually a good team this year. They went out and spent a little bit of money. BVW is seeing his vision, I guess, which is to get every CAA player that he ever represented on his team. And so far, it's working okay. Who would Shouts be out Lowry! Who would be better <laughs> at the other person's job? BVW, BDB? Who? wow. We don't have enough time for that in four minutes, because I got a lot of takes <laughs> on that. Maybe that'll be its own podcast. Um, I don't know. I'm fascinated. You should care because Jeff McNeil is a cool baseball player and one that we don't see that often anymore. He swings at everything, and he doesn't want to get walked. There's been a few guys like that, but it's bucking a trend of guys who just want three-shoe outcomes, guys who want to get walked, guys who want to get OBP because they know that that is the most valuable moneyball version of baseball. But Jeff McNeil is not that. He plays the dirtbag baseball, and he's electric to watch.
0: Also, if we're talking guys who could hit 400
1: mm. in a shortened season. In a shortened very, season, yeah, he's definitely up there. Yeah, you um, want a guy that doesn't want to walk. That's and then cool. obviously Pete Alonso. I mean, what he've hit 53 home runs last year. You know, yeah, 53 cool. home runs. That's a lot of home runs. And he was a rookie. Pete, pick up that. Pete, hit ball far. Um How do you feel about the back of the rotation, Bobby
0: Wagner? Should people... Or do you think that non-Mets fans are going to tune in for Rick Porcello and Michael Waka starts?
1: I would advise non-Mets fans not to tune in for those unless they're rooting for the other team. Um, It's going to be tough. I think that the Mets were not envisioning seeing Michael Waka and Rick Porcello in the rotation, but then obviously tears his UCL, Jake Mintz, maybe you can speak more to that experience on another podcast. Um, so yeah, it's, it, the rotation looks so much worse without Syndergaard in it because I think like I was going into the year thinking this Mets team is going to be very good if Syndergaard is the version of himself from 2016 or like late 2015. And now that he's not in the rotation at all, I don't know what they're going to get because they those two guys, Waka and Porcello, are what we talked about last time where it's like they're not going to be able to get through a lineup that has a solid DH in it. They're just not. Like, they're going to get through two times, maybe two and a half times. And then when the two, three, four guys are coming up third time through the order, they're going to get yanked. Best case scenario, losing to the Dodgers in the NLCS. I think this team is talented enough. The lineup is strong enough. If the rotation holds up, And if Patances and Familia has a bounce back and Edwin Diaz remembers that he was the reason that the Mets gave up the Mm. best prospect in the AL, then maybe they could lose to the Dodgers in the NLCS. Worst case scenario, here's what I have written. It's literally the worst case scenario for the Mets every year. 26 wins, injuries, tantalizing talent, but infuriating blunders. Obviously, 26, 26 wins is specific to this year, but that's the worst case scenario for the Mets. Worst case scenario for the
0: Mets is that Sheldon Adelson buys the Mets.
1: We can't, ding, get ding, into, ding, we, ding. we can't get into ownership here. We don't have enough time because you yeah. know that I'll go on for a full hour. But thank you guys for letting me wax poetic about this. Last North
0: Mets thing. I think uh, Louis Rojas is a good manager.
2: Agree. I agree. Oh, they and agree. In, in conclusion, uh, LFGM, I believe is what the kids are uh-huh. saying these days. LFGM. LF. L- F. <laughs> F. But that's actually not cool, Pete Alonzo.
3: Calling Ian Hap, Bare face. Gust of wind. Compass. Upwards pointing arrow
2: all right our next team in this tier is a team that a few people in this great country care a little bit about it is the chicago cubs and jake for this we are not uh going to talk about the cubs and ourselves as ourselves we want to bring in a real expert uh, someone very much on the inside and that is someone who's literally on the cubs ian happ welcome to baseball barbecue
3: thank you for having me great to be here Uh, So, Ian, we have. Can uh, you
0: confirm? Sorry. Can you confirm that you know
3: stuff about the Cubs? I can confirm that they do pay my salary.
2: Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, how much he actually knows about them, we are about to find out. We have laid out the rules. Just because he's actually on the team doesn't mean he gets any more time than we did for these discussions. So, Ian Hap, we begin now. You're on the clock, four minutes. And let us begin with the question Why should someone who is not already a Cubs fan give a shit? about the Cubs? Ian, tell us.
3: Pretty simple. Um, we have Javi Baez, most exciting player in <laughs> baseball. Chris Bryant was an MVP. Uh, Rizzo's an all-star. Jason Hayward has five gold gloves. Wilson Contreras, back-to-back starting catcher all-star game. Johnny Lester. The names go on and on. The team is good. A lot of experience. I don't know if you guys remember won a World Series in 2016. Maybe uh, top five in baseball. Most wins the last four years. Maybe top two. Who knows?
2: Wow. Compe- hot start for Ian Happ. I, I'm already pretty much convinced. Um, you didn't even name yourself, which is very humble. Uh, but yeah. We do appreciate, appreciate you. Hitting center it.
3: fielder. Reigning NL player of the week. Ever heard of it? <laughs> oh, that's Reigning
2: NL player of the week. That's true. Ian was the last uh, NL player of the week before the world ended. So uh, he is is still reigning. That's good. I hope you keep it up. Okay. I want to I ask you about Javi Baez for a second.
0: Like, I'm sure everyone always asks you about Javi Baez. What is the craziest thing you've ever seen him do?
3: Uh, great question. Oh man. So many crazy things. I think his confidence hitting a ball out of the park. Oppo at Wrigley field is incredible because if anybody knows anything about Wrigley field, the ball does not actually carry to right field. Um, only one left-handed hitter in the history of the Cubs that's over a hundred years has ever hit 40 home runs. Billy Williams did it one time, one season over 40 home runs. And he as a right-handed hitter has hit some balls, oppo and pimped them which I think is absolutely incredible. seen him steal home a couple of times. That's crazy. I only have two and a half minutes. Give me my other two questions.
2: Okay, okay. (laughs) This is good. You're a pro, Ian. You you do know a lot about the Cubs. Dropping Billy Williams on us. All right, Ian, what is the best case scenario for the Cubs in 2020, this crazy season we are about to do?
3: I mean, best case scenario, run away with the Central, win the World Series in four. Uh, I think the Cubs are actually built our team for a 60-game season. We have a DH now. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is a wonderful DH. We have underrated uh, Victor Caratini and Wilson. So underrated. So So to be able to split time for those guys, have them both in the lineup, uh, to be able to give Rizzo and KB days off uh, and be able to DH them, I think our team is set up uh, for a run at 60 games with the DH.
0: So you say win it in four games. Is winning something in four games more or less fun than winning it in seven?
3: Great question. Uh, definitely less stressful. Stress is bad for the body, uh, but uh, <laughs> I think winning it anyway, uh, it works out. There's there's no issue with winning it in four, no issue with winning it in seven, as long as you're the last team standing.
2: Ian, uh, how quickly did you text Kyle Schwarber when the National League DH became official?
3: Oh, we were very excited. Uh, Kyle was very excited. I think you're going to see Kyle in left field a lot more than you would think. Everybody just assumes natural right. DH. The dude's yeah. actually not a bad left fielder. He's pretty good. Uh and the way that our lineup is set up right now, just with those two catchers, um, you know, KB, Riz, some of the days off that they're gonna need. Like, I think you're gonna you're gonna see Kyle DH a little bit, but you're gonna see him play a lot more left field than you think.
0: All right. Now we're gonna move on to the last question, which is a, am very interested to see how you're gonna handle this. Uh we have been doing this for all the other teams. Ian Hap, what yeah. is the worst case scenario for the twenty twenty Cubs?
3: Well, I think the worst case scenario already happened was that you already you gave us four minutes and not five minutes. Um, pretty messed <laughs> up. Uh, but I think, you know, worst case scenarios for the for the Cubs is, I mean, lose something bad happens, lose early in the playoffs maybe, but this team's pretty good. This team's set up for a run. Uh, as long as we keep guys in the field and stay healthy, we're going to be really competitive. Uh, believe in the group. I think another big advantage, I have 10 seconds, another big advantage is... In a season like this With a lot of adversity A team that's been together For a long time Like the Cubs Has an advantage Thank you very much
2: Big facts There's the bill Thank you Ian what A tremendous performance Did not expect Billy Williams to come up But you are a true professional uh, Thank you to Ian Hap For his four minutes On the Cubs I hope you All the listeners Are convinced Why you should give a shit
3: I think everybody's Going to give a shit After that
0: Alright let's go talk About the Braves For five minutes <laughs>
2: All right, thank you to Ian Hap of the Chicago Cubs for rounding out the Manny Machado tier. Uh, That was a lot of fun. Now we transition, we graduate to the Manny Ramirez tier. This is the tier of the three teams that uh, at least Fangraph says are the most likely to make the playoffs, but also the three teams we just think are in. a little bit of another, another stratosphere. Uh, and let's just begin, like, Jake. Just this. like
0: how yeah. Manny Ramirez was in another stratosphere <laughs> his like, entire career.
2: Exactly. And these three teams will get five minutes of our time because Ooh. they have earned it, because they are very good. Let us begin with the Braves of Atlanta. Five minutes on the clock, producer Bobby, and let us begin. Why should you give a shit about the Atlanta Braves? Remember that conversation we had about the Padres and about some guy named Fernando Tatis Jr.? Well, the good news is that All of those things apply to Ronald Acuna Jr. Tyler Flowers. Okay, Tyler Flowers. Yes, Tyler Flowers. All of those things apply to Tyler Flowers. Sorry, Ronald Acuna Jr., except he's an outfielder. This dude, and even more so than Fernando Tatis Jr., has already established himself as probably one of the 10 best players in the league. Absolutely one of the most fun players to watch in the league. And the kind of guy that even in a 60-game season might just go 30-30. Last year, we watched him almost go 40-40. The thing I love so much about Acuna, not only is he uh, a singularly talented baseball player, he wants to steal bases. He still thinks stealing is cool. He, of course, thinks home runs and bath flips are cool. He's so much fun in the outfield. He has his best friend, Ozzie Albies, on the team too. And there is just so much joy surrounding Ronald Acuna Jr. And also the rest of the team is really good. But it starts with Acuna for sure.
0: Absolutely. And I think if you're looking at the stupid culture world, culture war that baseball is in. We have old grumpy John Smoltz types like telling, you know, the Ronald Acuna's of the world to cool down. I don't think Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to listen to that. I think he is going to run right through that stop sign, if you will, and continue to be himself on a baseball field. And like any field that he's on is worth watching.
2: 100 percent. And Now we got a taste of the Braves in the postseason last year, and it ended truly catastrophically, which we'll get to in a little bit here with the worst case scenario. But I think the best case scenario is that this team wins the division. I really do think that this team is more than good enough to win the division. If I compare them to last year's team, which was really good and won the division, what do I like better? Well, last year the bullpen had a was a Luke Jackson. Okay, we got Mark Lanz in the middle of the year. Luke Jackson, like Jerry Blevins. Sorry, Jerry, but but. It was very taped together. (laughs) It was very taped together. Swarzak, Josh Tomlin through 79 innings. This year, we have three bona fide adults in the back of the bullpen. Will Smith, Shane Green, and Mark Melanson. And I just feel better about that in general uh, because the rest of the team's looking pretty freaking good.
0: Well, I mean, you make a point about the bullpen, right? Like guys like Luke Jackson, you need in your good bullpen, but you don't want to like, like they were overusing Luke exactly. Jackson at exactly. a point. Right. If Luke Jackson is the third best reliever in your bullpen, fourth best reliever, like you have a very good bullpen very and they good. have that now. Right. And then the other comparison from last year, Jordan, is you know, Josh Donaldson, not there anymore. He's on the twins now. But they bring in Marcelo Zuna. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that trade-off?
2: I listen, I don't think Ozuna is as good as Donaldson. Obviously, defensively, he's not going to bring nearly the same, even if he is, you know, also in which I'm sure we'll see a lot of. But As far as guys that can get crazy freaking hot for a few weeks, which is going to be every bit as important in a 60-game season, Ozuna's right up at the top of the list, and I think that it probably won't be that much of a drop-off offensively. So I love that move for them, for sure. Now, we should also mention, we thought we were getting Yasiel Puig on this team. yeah, And that would really be raising the ceiling uh, for that. And it's possible we will still get Yasiel Puig on this team at some point this season. But, you know, obviously, uh, as, as it goes during a pandemic, that is not going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's so weird, man. It's like the timing there is so shitty for Puig. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, obviously health and safety of his family above all else. But, you know, when when we heard that Puig was going to be on the Braves, it was like, oh my God, like this is an all-time watchable baseball team. And they Mm -hmm. still are. Like just Acuna and Albies and their friendship. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's the best friendship in baseball, Mm -hmm. I think.
2: Yeah, Even I think
0: Bobby, the Mets fan, Would agree that there's really no better friendship than Acuna and Albie's. So,
2: yeah, and and listen, they still got guys like Dansby Swanson, who have who have you know, there's still another level for him. Freddie Freeman is as solid as it gets. We love Freddie Freeman, and then a lot of young pitching. Mike Soroka was amazing last year. And he's, he, he was 21 and I know he's not quite the same flashy famous throwing a hundred guy. Like I know he's a sinker baller, so it's not as exciting, but he was absolutely incredible last year. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited about guys like Freed too. So I just like this team a lot. I, I, I think that as long as, you know, they don't give up 10 runs in one inning when their entire season depends on it. I think they're in really good shape. And as for the worst case scenario, it's what happened last year, pretty much. <laughs>
0: Worst case scenario is what happened last year, and they keep the chop.
2: Well said. Which it sounds like they're maybe moving in the direction towards and, getting rid of the chop. Fortunately, it and, won't matter
0: because there's no fans. I was going to say, like, you know, <laughs> the true bottom is playing the
2: chop sound in an empty stadium. Wow. Well said. We will end on that. Those are our five minutes on the Braves of Atlanta. Uh, let us move on to their division rivals and the defending. World Series champion, the best team since May twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. Still true. Forever. Still true. Even though is it still true now that they got smashed in that inter squad game against the Phillies? I don't know. The Washington Nationals, Jake Mintz. Uh, let's begin. Five minutes on the clock for Why our should friends, I care? Mr. Why Natitude. should I why should I care about the team that just won the World Series? Why should you care about the team that just won the World Series? Well, I don't think I need to really explain it to you because not only do they, did they just win the World Series. I watched and, all those games. And, and you just watched all those games. And I think America just watched all those games and was already rooting for the Nationals pretty much the whole time because we certainly know that they weren't rooting for the Astros at the time. And they certainly are not retroactively. You know, the Nationals have only have aged, you know, pretty well in terms of likability in that regards. But they still have Juan Soto. Juan Soto, maybe this year, maybe next year, maybe in two years, I truly believe will at one point be indisputably the best hitter on planet Earth. He is the guy I would put my money on. He is still on this team. And even though they lost the second most important hitter that they had last year, who went west to Anaheim, Mr. Anthony Rendon, this is still a team that has a lot of unbelievably good baseball players, led by Juan Soto and led by Max Scherzer. And led by Steven Strasburg, whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Steven Strasburg.
0: I have to say, losing Anthony Rendon's bat is tough, but losing Anthony Rendon's facial hair mm-hmm. is a plus. So yes. do those even out?
2: Well, and they added Eric Thames and his facial hair and his look, which I would say is a huge mm. upgrade for sure. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, they added a guy like Starlin Castro, who... You know, maybe you're not super excited about Stalin Castro, but if there's one thing the Nationals have done well, it's getting like, you know, regular veteran average baseball players who then perform extremely amazingly. And I I do not see why Stalin Castro would not fit right into that discussion. Uh, and they still have, you know, three of the 20 best pitchers in the National League, and that's going to carry them pretty far.
0: You know, I asked a, a scout over the offseason if you could have any of these players going forward, who would you have? Vlad Jr., Tatis, Acuna, Soto, and he said Soto, no question, which isn't my first inclination. And I think it's interesting to think about why, right? Like, we, for all of the promise and the hope and the excitement that a lot of the young players in baseball do prom- provide, Juan Soto has already done it. He did the things that you want the young player to do. We know he could do them, and he's probably just going to do it again
2: everything that you're everything that you know blue jays fans are imagining you know vlad jr carrying the blue jays to the world series like soto has he's done it he's hit home runs of the best pitchers in the world in the world series like he has already checked every possible box and now it is basically just a 20-year march to the hall of fame that is pretty much what wants he has already basically crossed off every i know he hasn't won an mvp yet but at that point it seems kind of inevitable He's done it all. He's proven it all. There's nothing left to doubt about Juan Soto. And now we just get to sit back and watch. And that alone is going to make the Washington Nationals worth watching. But I also, also, they're, I also in think, for, they're in this tier for a reason. Right, are, really they the
0: second, are they the second best team in the National League, Jordan?
2: I know we're talking about them after the Braves, but I think I still might pick the Braves. But I, I think there's still a great case to be made that they're easily the second best team. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, what's the worst case scenario? How does this go wrong this year? The reality is I, it almost doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, like, like but,
0: it, it it really doesn't. And they're the Nats are playing with house money here. Where like if they lose this weird sham of a season, like all the fans are like, We won the most recent MLB World Series, right? Like we 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 won the one that counts. We're still <laughs> technically the champs, right? Right, right. I think the worst case like this is such a weird clubhouse. It's such a weird team. It's such an odd assortment of guys that like you know, maybe with no Ryan Zimmerman there, being the glue, like it all falls apart. I don't know. Like, there really isn't. Like, the worst case scenario is they don't make the postseason, but then you just wear your twenty nineteen World Championship shirt. Yeah. Like,
2: it's fine. Yeah. I mean, like, big picture, like, not a good farm system. It might get bad in a hurry once the pitchers get older, but like, they'll still have Juan Soto, and I still trust Mike Rizzo to acquire good baseball players. So, I would fly say forever. If we're doing fly fly forever, super specific. Maybe Will Harris, new national, allowing a game winning home run in game seven of the World Series to Anthony Rendon. That's fun.
0: That's incredibly <laughs> worst case scenario. <laughs> but also, you're figured. right.
2: You're actually right.
0: I think that, like, it would be worse if the Nats lost in the postseason than if they didn't make the playoffs. Like, if they lost in a heartbreaker, because right. what is like the Nats losing on heartbreaking moments? That was what was that's killed. What, that's the what curse they did. was killed. Yeah. And so, any. Inclination that it didn't die, that it is somehow back. Yeah. It's like the demogorgon in Stranger Things. And
2: also, if right, exactly. And also if they get close to winning a World Series but then don't, then they'll be like, oh no, we could have repeated, but we didn't, right? Whereas like if they just don't make the postseason, whatever. So there you go. That's the Nats. The Nats are fine. And they're certainly going to keep tweeting like they're the World Series champions. That we know for sure. All right. Jake Mintz, we have one final baseball team here to discuss. They are mildly relevant. Honestly, honestly, we should have given them 30 minutes. <laughs> I agree. I think there's a case to be made that the Dodgers and Yankees each deserve their double the time of everybody. Yeah, their own podcast. But we will do our best to cram this Dodgers discussion into five minutes. And the good news Zach, is that cram it in, baby. The, the good news is that we already covered Chico at length in the last yeah. podcast. So we don't have to talk about Chico now. But Jake Mintz, your eternal World Series pick. Five minutes on the clock for the easy no-brainer favorites in the National League: the Los Angeles Dodgers. Let's begin. For the last seven years,
0: as long as the Cespedes family barbecue has existed on this planet, I have selected the Los Angeles Dodgers to win the World Series. The reason for that, my thinking, now they will eventually, like <laughs> they will eventually stumble into one. That's the spirit. And, <laughs> which is sad at this point, but I, it's what I believe. Jordan, we live in a world where every year the Los Angeles Dodgers could be the greatest baseball team we've ever seen. That exists, right? That is a possibility. It is that hope. It is that potential that makes them watchable. Now, from a casual fan perspective, like they have a cast of characters on that team that are all very good and compelling, and most of them are distinct, right? I think there are a lot of good baseball teams where like all the guys kind of run together. That is not the case, at least in my opinion, with the Dodgers, where like Justin Turner is the guy with the beard. Cody Bellinger is the guy who stands very tall. Like Max Muncie is the stout man who only swings directly up. You know, Kike Hernandez, his pants are too tight. Clayton Kershaw, you know his name. Walker Bueller throws really hard. Like Kelly Jansen throws one pitch. They all have distinct... Character traits. What's
2: that guy? Oh, Mookie Betts is on the Dodgers. No, nope. what do you mean? He's on the Red Sox. Mookie Betts on the Dodgers. They traded, so the, it seems crazy because like why would you trade Mookie Betts? But they traded the Red Sox. They like won the World Series and then they are like, Mookie Betts, we have like the second best player in the world. We should trade him to a team that definitely does not need Mookie Betts. Talk about teams that do not need Mookie Betts. It's the Dodgers. I don't care if you think, oh, right. they, well, they, no, they didn't need him. But they got him and holy shit, now he's on the Dodgers too.
0: And, you know, for the Dodgers, there is this constant dilemma of probably being the second biggest team in that city. They're always going to be behind the Lakers, right? Right. And there's really no more Lakers move than going out and, like, (laughs) swinging a blockbuster for an unnecessary superstar (laughs) to join your team.
2: And listen, they've done it now. You know, they've done it a few times. We've seen that. We've seen Friedman, you know, take some pretty big swings here. And they've come so very close. You could very compellingly argue they were cheated out of the 2017 World Series. Um, But now here they are, the pro, I mean, they're so far ahead of everyone else in the league, certainly in their division as they have been for years, that now, even in this weird season, the pressure is on. Like, the pressure is on for them to just be the best team in baseball even more than ever. Um, And I hope that they do that. And in terms of best case scenario, I would say, like, we talked last week about, you know, a record winning percentage wise would be 43 wins. It would just, which just wouldn't shock me. It just wouldn't shock me if the Dodgers win 40 games, 45 games. Like, it just wouldn't.
0: You ready? 1972 Dolphins start sweating. <laughs> All right, listen. 2020 Dodgers undefeated. That is
2: the best case scenario.
0: It is. It is. It a. Is. Lu- it's a ludicrous, ludicrous claim.
2: I they, am aware can, of that, but we can claim it for the Dodgers of Los Angeles, undefeated, we, never lost. Um, but the, the best case scenario is pretty simple because they've gotten so close. They're an amazing team. They you should be a lock to win the division, even in a shortened season. They should be whatever World Series. Okay, so best case scenario is they win the World Series, of course.
0: No, but like, here's the thing: the best case scenario is keep Mookie Betts. The best case scenario is that Mookie Betts has a great time and is like, I want to be here long-term, and the Dodgers give him the money he deserves. Mm -hmm. That's the best case scenario because, look, I don't want to pretend to be a Dodgers fan, but if this is the only one they win, if the only title they win is the shortened season title, that will feel like a disappointment in retrospect for the amount of talent that this organization has produced. And moving forward, like if this starts it, like if this is the first one they win and they win like three out of the next seven totally with could. Mookie bets, yeah. then then we're chilling. That's right. great. Right.
2: No, that's a that's that's a good way to put it. But I also think that like they're in a position that like they could be so far and away the best team in baseball this year that if they go and win forty eight games and sweep the postseason and win, no one's gonna be like, that wasn't legitimate. We'll just be like, well, yeah, the Dodgers are the best team. And we that's just happen to play 60 game season. In the
0: way that we talked about like you know if the marlins win it like delegitimizes the sanctity of the season because it's like random bullshit if the dodgers win it's like you know even in this abbreviated tournament the best team still won out and i that's what i'm hoping for because i just this is the most entertaining team to me in baseball at least especially in the nl and i just want to watch as much baseball of them as i can
2: well said and we didn't even we didn't even have time to get to a worst case scenario because it doesn't exist. The Dodgers are going to be really good.
0: Clayton Kershaw, most underrated pitcher in baseball. I fervently believe that.
2: If you want to know the worst case scenario, uh, go to Fangraphs. Uh, ben Clemens did a great article about what would happen if they actually did start Chico in left field. And spoiler alert, they still make the postseason. Okay, sorry, sorry, we're done. We're done. We're done. No we're done. Dollars. We're done. All right, that's it. We did it. We talked about all the baseball teams in the national. What about the League. A- what about the Astros? They're in the other league, Jake Mintz. They used to what? be in the NL. Since they when? Did. <laughs> they did used to be in the NL. Um, I, I
0: have all these notes about Carlos Lee.
2: We will cover uh, the Astros and the other uh, American League teams in the next podcast. Uh, but thank you, Jake Mintz. Jordan, who wins, on this who, wins uh, who wins? NL MVP? NL MVP. I am going to say that the winner of the National League MVP award will be Ronald Lacuna Jr.
0: Okay. That's a you good have pick. A pick. Do you have a pick. Ah, uh, yeah, I will go with Nick Castellanos.
2: Amazing pick! I love that pick too. Then he'll opt okay. out and leave the Reds. All right, uh, Cyung. Cyung. Wait, oh, oh, Cy young oh Siaung, you Darvish, you Darvish, is my pick. Ian hap convinced me in his amazing four minutes. Okay, who you got? Uh, Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff, great pick, great pick, great pick. All right, there you go. Uh, comeback player of the year? No, no one gives a shit. All right, and okay. NL manager of the year. <laughs> Uh, thank you to our producer, Bobby Wagner, who represented the Mets so beautifully on this episode. Uh, thank you to Jake Nitz. Thank you to Ian Happ. And we will be back with the other 15 baseball teams on the next episode of Baseball Barbecue.
0: Jordan, NL Silver Slugger for second baseman. Go.
2: Gavin Lux. is doing it. Ooh. Deluxe.